Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Thursday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And we've just gotten through the pre-release weekend, the release weekend, and the first weekend of Standard with the Star City Games Open Series. And so we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about, and we're going to get right into it. So uh, first of all, pre-release weekend, I did not get to play. I um, wound up doing that awesome stuff called cleaning. Uh, so you know, took care of a little, little business, little housekeeping. And I don't mean that in like the figurative senses you often hear literal, yeah, literal up at the pre-release, right? Literal housekeeping. No. Oh. So you did though. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, yeah. So I chose the red seated pack, uh, just because it was the one that no one wanted to play with. It seemed like everyone wanted to play white, black, or green. So I just, I just went with red Boo since... seated packs. Yeah kind of over it at this point although Super over it. i can't really complain because for like the first time ever i actually uh, made a mono like colored deck really yeah all mono red oh um, my gosh that's awesome i had i also opened the uh soul of new phyrexia nice and i uh, played a couple other like hot soup just to round it out just uh, because it's called hot soup yeah hot soup i played the bronze sable because I had the uh, was it the scrapyard mongrel uh, that yeah. you got you know yeah. that thing's pretty big it's pretty tough five three trampler uh, for four mana um, but everything else just mono red and it was pretty sweet I uh, went three and one um, it was a very aggressive deck but it also had two siege dragons in it which is kind of a uh, and also a soul of new Phyraxia. so it had you know two seven drops and a six drop but. Uh, I also, uh, but it had two of the generator servants, the one yeah. in red for two one. So you could kind of like bridge the gap between all your early little drops and, or if you just have it, I mean, people have been, were kind of doing it across the country that had red, uh, since siege dragon was the red pre-release promo and generator servants, uh, common. So you haste that thing out and it's just, you, you pretty much, I don't know how you lose the game from that point since it deals two damage to each creature uh, without flying that uh, the defending player controls whenever it attacks. So that's, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, the rest of the deck was basically just goblins. Um, I actually ran a couple of Foundry Street Denizens, uh, Krinko's Enforcers, the Goblin Rough Rider, and then I had the uh, Goblin Rabble Master, which yeah, was amazing. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, those go together pretty well since um, if you have... I think I had at one point, I had both my... Founder Street Denison's out. Then dropped the Goblin Rabble Master, which gave him plus one, plus zero. Oh. Then a Haste Goblin came out at the beginning of combat, which gave him plus one, plus zero. Oh. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty sweet. Swung for five. And then the next turn, 
Um, I think I swung for 10, I think. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, it, yeah, the game didn't, didn't last very long. Um, and I also had two of the uh, Brood Keepers, which are actually just not that bad. It's a two, three for four, three and a red. It's an uncommon, but there's two extremely playable common artifact, uh, not artifact, but enchantment cards in red in Inferno Fist and Hammerhand. So I guess one on your left hand and one on your right hand. Um, <laughs> and yeah, if you just enchant a, a Broodkeeper, then you're probably winning that game since a 2-2 Fire Breather is, is pretty hard to beat, uh, especially from red. Um, I even had an opponent cast a Crippling Blight on my Broodkeeper. And it doesn't say whenever an aura you control becomes attached. It's just whenever <laughs> an aura. So uh, that was pretty sweet. Got that. Got the trigger, and uh, he was. <laughs> I mean, it's a pre-release, so I, you know, I'll I'll do the whole takes these backsies thing. But uh, no, he was he, he was a man, and he uh, he was like, no, 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 I deserve this. Uh, <laughs> but I was a little bit too boisterous. Uh, I kinda, I did end up losing that match after winning that game, and I, I probably deserved it. <laughs> because uh, pretty much everyone in the store heard. <laughs> I was like, trigger! Trigger from, from the aura on the bird keeper. Um, make a dragon. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. I, but I, went, I ended up going three and one, and uh, yeah, liked Red a lot, and that was my pre-release. I only got to play one. Yeah. Um... The Broodkeeper, is it, how much does it cost to cast? It's three and a red, so it's not the best deal on Earth for a okay. 2-3. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, you know, that's a real, like, making a 2-2 fire-breathing flyer is pretty sweet. And I was like, man, if this costs, like, one less, maybe you could go in, like, nigh hexproof or something. But Ooh. not for four. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Well, not for four. I mean, like, well, seriously, though, like, having extra creatures generating is not bad. Um, no, that's true. But, like, not for four. Like, nothing in that deck for four, really, you know? So, yeah. oh, well. Um, well, that's cool. And how did you wind up doing overall at the pre-release? I went three and one. Three and one, so that was your only loss, that match there? Yeah, I mean, he had a... Um, um, the Child Knight plus the uh, a bunch of the 1-1 one, one Death Touch Rats, the Typhoid Rats plus yeah. the... Um, the one from the black one from the cycle, the three and a black two two that pumped all his black creatures, mm-hmm. and then the um, uh, what else? Uh, is it the three three flyer that when it enters the battlefield it deals uh three damage uh to you? Oh yeah yeah the ne- uh, necrogen scudder yeah yeah. And I just had no way to interact with it, so uh, he right. could just hold the ground with the the death touchers, and there wasn't really much I could do. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I had I, had, I did something fairly similar uh, last weekend at the, during the release weekend. Um, or was that was that the release weekend last weekend? That, yeah, that was the release weekend at QuakeCon. Did we not get release promos? Were oh there? My re- God. I don't even know if there's release pro- promos. Are there? There usually are, weren't they? Like Garrett in Garrick's wake or something. Hey, I didn't even think about that. Hey, Jameson, give us our release promos. What the heck? Why I didn't, didn't even think of that. Yeah, I didn't either. Was that the that was the release, wasn't it? Yeah. 
It's in Garrick's wake, isn't it? It surely, I guess isn't, it is. it surely isn't the buy a box promo. Cause that'd be a terrible buy a box promo. No, it was um, the buy a box was Goblin Rabble Master. Right, right. Which is which is you know at least serviceable. Yeah, Garrick's wake is 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 awful. Um, but uh, Commander, come on. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Throw it in my commander deck. That'd be great. Um, but anyway, uh, so it's cool. So pre-release, I'm so sick of the seated things. Get rid of them. I'm I, over it. I'm, I'm over. I'm over complaining about it. Yeah. But uh, let's. But come New on. New players really like it, though. Come on, let's do something different. Let's just have like six packs of cons, please. Six packs of cons. Mm. Although it's already like. There's already some sort of hinting towards right back to the seated packs for cons too. How's that? There was something like I saw something like you get to choose your like weapon or something. I don't know. There was some sort of ad for it that was like choose your weapon. I'm like, are, oh. you, sh- are you sure that's not Garrick's nerf packs? No, no, no. Was, okay, it was something else. That's- how how do people know? Like, just it seems like a a, a lot of people just know that uh, cons is going to be a, a a shard themed set. A what themed? Like shards of Alara, but like the whatever the enemy shards. Like I've seen that. Like everyone's just like writing as if that's just a, a given. Really? Which I haven't seen that. I I haven't actually seen the. Like a like a first hand source of that anywhere. Well, that's pretty silly. I don't know why anyone thinks that. I've read it in like a lot of articles. I'm gonna make this call right now. I think they're gonna print the allied fetches in cons. You and several other people. Yeah, but I'm making it. I'm making that call on the on the show. So, um, so I can you know be proven wrong. Actually, more importantly, nobody remembers when you're wrong. But when you're True. right, everybody remembers. So I just want to get that on the record that I think they're going to print those. And if I'm right, yay. Um, I want to get on the record. Everyone's been waiting for it. Carews are back. Get your Carews. Yeah. Um, nice. Uh, so uh, we, we went to the release. Uh, it was awesome. So uh, our store that we play at, Common Ground Games in Dallas, uh, they were – able to convince um uh QuakeCon uh to have a gaming section this year like for board games and tabletop games um so uh it was pretty sweet so he had his own section there and he was able to uh um what am i saying uh able to have like a bunch of board games going on for the whole weekend and uh all that kind of stuff and uh what what did you know cal ripkin jr is on the board of directors for zenimax who's zenimax zenimax is the company that does elder scrolls online they're the hosts of QuakeCon, basically huh yeah so weird really yeah um apparently somebody like major from Zenimax, like the president of Zenimax or something, or it couldn't have been the president. Uh, maybe it was, maybe it was Ernest Dell. Somebody big from Zenimax played in our release event. Like oh, that's on, cool. on the down low, yeah. like played, we had like, 
93 players or something in this release event, which is easily the biggest event that Jameson's ever run, which is so cool. Um, and uh, the guy was saying that, like, we're going to have an, your own room next time for this and that he really loved the event. So uh, pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Um, you know, it was, it was it was a it turned out really well. Um, so that was my first uh, experience with M15 cards. It was actually the first time I got to put my hands on cards from M15 was at the release. Um, and I wound up playing black green. Uh, I had just a lot of beef in the green. So like a little bit of the self mill going on, like a Seder wayfinder. And then I had the, um, the thing that gets plus one, plus one counters when it enters the battlefield for each creature in the graveyards. Um, and then that, uh, that big old four five thing that costs seven mana to put plus one, plus one counters on it. So slow. Oh man. But it, it was just a, brick wall it just stopped stuff it was it was really good when it actually came out it really was um and then in black i had the the tormentor the the demon the five three flying demon mm, that's uh, pretty good so that was cool um and then i had the necrogen scudder i had uh uh child of night and just just you know a bunch of creatures and uh cri- one crippling blight and not a lot of removal but so it goes a reclamation sage and then the thing that bounces a permanent when it enters the battlefield that three three invasive species yes i actually got to live the dream and blow up two different enchantments by bouncing my reclamation sage one game that was really cool i was really happy about that um but uh the deck seemed really good the all-star for that deck was uh rogue's gloves by far rogues gloves was absolutely insane yep i i mean there was there were games i drew like five extra cards off of that card because i just had the scudder if i didn't have the scudder i had the accursed spirit so i was always getting through and just doing some damage and uh it was it was pretty nice um really liked it just being able to like just going aggro with it slapping down a turn two child of night and then following up with the rogues gloves like you know obviously you're not going to get it on there the next turn but uh it was still good oh i well actually no a lot of the times i did because i had elvish mystics i had two elvish mystics so a lot of times i'd go turn one elvish mystic turn two play a child of night swing with a mystic and then turn three rogues gloves equip swing with child of night um it turned out really well. Uh, I wound up going 3-1. 3-1. Three um, yeah, 3-1. and one. I just missed out on 4-0 because I lost to some scrub in round four who got so lucky and opened all the Planeswalkers. Uh, <laughs> anyway, tell me about your pre-release experience or your release experience. Yeah, so um, as is usual, whenever I'm in a sealed event that's not like seated, I end up playing uh, probably my... If this was constructed, one of my least favorite archetypes, but it was uh, blue-black control, which is that's just what I end up playing every time uh, in sealed. I don't know why, but um, I opened up a Jace, uh, the Living Guild pack, and a Liliana Vest, so um, I was going to see if I could make that work, and uh, and I did. Uh, Chasm Skulker, I also opened uh, Chasm Skulker, and I'd say he was probably better than Jace. Liliana was probably the best card, but uh, Chasm Skulker was second. And then just a whole bunch of bounce, Peel from Reality, Void Snare, and just really small guys, though. 
So I had to just kind of temple out and hope to have one of the planeswalkers or, or get there with which is familiar or <laughs> the Ugh. aeronaut tinkerer or like just, yeah. Whenever anyone played like anything that was three, three or bigger, I was just like, well, that's, that's it for me. I, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, Cause I had, I had I dissipate. I had answers, but like once something stuck and resolved for more than a turn, it, it was just a nightmare if I didn't have like, one of my planeswalkers. Uh, well, not Jace. Basically, Liliana. If I had Li- Liliana or Jace, I could minus. Um, so you were playing it. You were playing a uh, blue-black control in in constructed. Oh God, no. Jace oh, is not. Oh, so you were play- <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you were playing two planeswalkers in uh, in sealed. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I had to stretch to make it happen. Suspicious at playing- best. I'm just kidding. Sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, so how did you wind up doing? How did you end up doing? Uh, I mean, I just rolled everyone. They're all noobs all oh, the yeah. way through it. No, <laughs> it was, I, I went 4-0. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, I, the deck was a lot better than I thought it would be. And that's just because I had Planeswalkers. Well, <laughs> no, but you know, though, like, you know, as much as people go, oh, and like, as much as I was teasing you for having both planes. So uh, in case y'all haven't figured it out by now, uh, we were both XO going into round four and got paired up. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, as much as I was teasing you in the match about having both planeswalkers, you built a great deck on top of it, in my opinion. You know, you built a deck that like that did its job and it was just, you know, just cleared the board enough to grind in and get it done. And, uh, you know, I liked, I liked your deck and, um, you know, of course you play a Liliana and then you minus it. It's like, yup, here comes the Jace. <laughs> it's like, you just know that's what's happening. But I actually kept track and, uh, whenever the, the first time I minus Liliana, uh, it was 50, 50 actually, if I didn't have a uh, chasm skulker, mm-hmm. I'd go, I'd go get that and try to get that online first. Yeah. Before Jace. Uh, because Chasm Skulker, like basically Jace, he, I don't know, he was he was good, but it was only in the context of like moving towards his ultimate, which I mean he does a pretty good job of if you have any kind of board presence, since he basically starts at six. Uh, but if they if they can like if they're attacking you or their creatures outclass you, um, he's he's not going to win the game on his own if they keep him under control. Whereas Chasm Skulker, if they have if they don't have removal, you can just let that thing tick up and it'll ultimately take over. Or buy you just a ton of time when it dies. Yeah, it gets out of hand real fast because I definitely had to face that down too. Foil, foil on top of that. Foil Chasm Skulker. Foil yeah. Chasm Skulker. Um, also, uh, to round up my four air pool, I had the Polymorphous Jest, which was. I mean, it, it basically, uh, you get into situations where um, they have like two Siege Worms out, which for me is a complete disaster. <laughs> uh, that would that would, that was like my only out, which you know, fortunately with a Liliana vest, then you know you're gonna get your only out. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I was able I was able to create some. I think the best was a four for one. That's awesome. <laughs> the... And it's a and it's a three mana instant, right? Instant, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. And we saw some people playing it in uh in uh in in constructed this weekend, so that's pretty cool. And uh, we'll get into that in a second here. Just gonna finish but, up. But yeah, I mean, people. Uh, it, it only worked once. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty suspicious. I mean, the first time around, maybe they just think you're completely insane when you just swing in with everything against a clearly superior board. Um, 
but and yeah, I mean, I was able to uh, kill uh, kill a siege worm with a it was like a researcher's assistant. I can't remember what the guy's name is. The crappy one three looter. Oh, he's so awful. He is. I see. I had, I had to play some bad cards. Yeah. Uh, research assistant. Yeah. Um, I was able to kill a, a siege worm with him. That was pretty great. And also uh, trade a squid token for <laughs> for the other uh, siege worm. That's so awesome. That felt pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, like, you know, all planeswalkers aside, like, your deck was really, like, my deck was designed to, like, abuse, enter the battlefield triggers at some points, and then, um, you know, and then my graveyard mattered at some points, and there's just a couple different things going on with it, and your deck was just basically designed to, like, squash all those strategies. So you had all the bounce spells that were going on, so I would go, I'd play my, my uh, whatever, lose three life, the Necrogen Scudder, and then you'd bounce it, and I'm like, oh, great. Uh, play that again, lose three more life. I mean, you didn't have to attack me. I was just dealing the damage to myself, you know, and then like, or play the invasive species bounce, like one of my lands when I'm already like kind of behind on lands. And then you can bounce the invasive species and just set me back. Like just completely time walk me. Yeah. yeah people were acting like that card didn't have a cost to it. Um, Cause at least you were the third person that played that against me. And um yeah, well, I mean, like, I knew it had a cost. The yeah. Thing, the thing is, like, you know, I had a couple things, like the Wayfinder. I had, um, you know, Reclamation Sage. I had a couple ways to get value out of mm-hmm. it. You know, I'd really like it for that reason. It wasn't just, oh, just bounce a land and replay it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I get that, like, and sometimes, you know, just dropping it on turn three and bouncing a land was the right call. It was yeah. never the right call against your sealed deck. You know, yeah. but there were games where it totally was the right call. Or I'd bounce like my Elv I'd go turn one Elvish Mystic, turn two, this guy bounce my Elvish Mystic. Yeah. You know, not... which isn't terrible. Um, you know, it keeps me it keeps me still ahead of curve and just puts you know, puts me right back on a normal curve the next turn with a three three attacking turn three, which isn't yeah. terrible and sealed. You yeah, know, against any against any non blue deck, I think they're fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, so that was okay. But then like, you've got like the, the maggot, which the maggot was a huge roadblock. Yeah. Was that was my, uh, that was the cool card, card that overperformed the most because it's basically just a Thraben pure blood or whatever it was from, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Innistrad. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like the biggest body in my deck. It was just a three, five is just anything with like four more toughness is, it seems like it's just impossible to get through in this format. Um, it was, yeah, it was, uh, for a, a five mana three, five, it was pretty fantastic. And, and yeah. the life gain was important too. Exactly. Actually. I was say, you gain life on, on top of it, which is pretty cool. Um, I loved the three, three vampire for five, where you could pay a black and one and sacrifice a creature to, mm-hmm. uh, put a, put a plus one, plus one counter on it and gain two life. Yeah. That thing was awesome. I, I had that thing in my deck and I, I used the heck out of that. I used that in combination with the wall that mm-hmm. you could get put counters on whenever you gain life. And then like would just like like I, I remember I, I mean it was two damage at the end of the game, but like when I had like a board stall going on, it was the difference. I was able to just kill him yeah. for, you know, hit him for the last couple points of damage. I had I had that card as well and I think I think this place legal, pretty sure it is. Um, hopefully I'm not a massive cheater, <laughs> uh, but I had a bunch of leftover squid tokens from the chasm skulker. Yeah. So I, uh, they went to enchant, I think it was their curd chieftain. 
and in response, I peeled from reality the Kurd chieftain and one of the squid tokens maintain priority and sacrifice the token to just give it some extra fuel. Um, I think you're allowed to do that. That's fine, right? I think so. I don't know. Just do it's, it in response with that on the stack. You just have says, to make, you have to declare that you maintain priority, though. Well, it says I don't know if you I don't even know if that's necessary. So like you have that on the stack. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess you do have to maintain priority, right? Right. Um, but I think so because it says bounce target creature, an opponent controls, and a creature you control. Yeah. It'll usually try to resolve as much of the spell as it possibly can. I think. We'd have mm-hmm. to ask a judge about that one. Nah, but, no, no, no. I, I, I think I'm fine. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Let let us know. You know, send shoot us a message on Twitter or something. Let us know if that is actually an illegal play. Um, because there's this, there used to be this trick in modern when the Bloodbraid Elf was still legal, so people would run. Um, oh, this is great radio. I can't remember the name of the card, but it's a split card. Split one in a red, where each creature or each. Uh, player sacrifices a land boom bust yeah boom bust it destroys two tar destroy a target land you control and a target land you don't control because if it's sacrifice then you have to pay it but if it's uh destroy target what you can do is um if in case so people like to just cascade into the the bust where they blow up all the lands but if you just have it in your hand and you're playing with fetch lands what you can do is destroy a fetch land of yours and, uh, you know, whatever land you want of theirs. Right. Uh, but you have to maintain priority. You cannot pass priority because once you pass priority to them and they say good to go, then it just resolves. So you have right. to cast it, maintain priority, and then sack uh, the, the land of, that you control in response to that. But you have to maintain priority. Otherwise, if you, like, ask them okay and they say yes, then it's really, I think, is how it works. That's how it works. That, that card works, at least. So I assume feel from reality was, like, the same, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, probably. Very corner case. Very corner case here. Um, but uh, I did want to mention Jace. I <laughs> I think he's horrible in Constructed. Yeah. Uh, just playing with him. I mean, he just wasn't even the best card in a uh, a sealed deck. <laughs> so I just have such... I, I, I really... I was, like, trying to think of it today. Uh, I was trying to, like, power rank the, uh, the Planeswalkers. And I've got him currently. I think he's the second worst in that standard legal right now, hmm. um, just after uh, Liliana of the Dark Realms. She's just the worst, I'd say. Um, just because I was comparing him to like, I, I put him just behind. So he's just he's better than Liliana of the Dark Realms, but worse than Ral's Eric. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah, because he's basically. So I looked at was he's basically a void snare. <laughs> on a stick or whatever and you only get to do it once uh before yeah. we have to yeah plus him you know that plus that doesn't draw a card um so yeah you could you could take him down and you get a void snare out of it uh whereas ral zarek you play him you take him down and you get a lightning bolt strike and, uh, and, lightning helix no 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 ral zarek you don't get line. oh it's, it's just, just a, a it's bolt bolt yeah it's oh. just deal three damage to target creature player oh um, that's right. It's not a Johnny Vengeance, right? And no, and then he goes down to two, so he starts at four minus two, and he can do it again. You don't even have to uh, plus him if you don't want to. So you can you can send two bolts at them. So you can get. I don't know. There's just no comparison. You look at lightning bolt versus void snare, and uh, I, I'm sure it would have made a little bit more or, uh, a little bit more waves if lightning bolt were standard legal rather than uh, <laughs> void snare. So 
I just don't see it. I, I, he, I just can't see him getting played until rotation. And even after that, I'm extremely dubious. Unless there's just some amazing graveyard synergies in blue yeah. post-rotation. I just don't see it. I think he's really bad. Poor Ral Zarek. Yeah. I like, that. <laughs> I, I like that guy. I want to like that guy. Me too. Like, like flip five coins is his ultimate, like... That's pretty sweet. Ultimate find five coins. Like what? Like I don't keep five coins. around. Oh, you got, well, so what's more fun though? Flipping them all at once or <laughs> building the suspense where it's like, Oh, I didn't get the turn. Oh, I didn't get the turn. And then like, so like taking it, five coins on top of each other and just flipping them all. Yeah, yeah. So which one would you do? Would you flip them all simultaneously, get like five quarters and just toss them in the air? Or just do the thought of doing that before in my entire life or do the dramatic, you know, one at a time where you, you, you hope to like just hit three in a row and just get your opponent uh, to concede and disgust like <laughs> one extra turn, Go for the two point. extra turns or, or, you know, conversely torture yourself when you you're on, you're on flip five and you haven't gotten anything yet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, let me just see here. Yeah, this this conversation is about as uh, relevant as Ralph is going to ever just, have been or get in standard. Sadly, that was pretty fun. I just I only had three quarters, so I flipped them all, the <laughs> and like that was actually kind of mechanically fun to do. I think I would go for flipping all five. Although all five. I, I've never thought to do it that way. If you didn't just mention it, like I've never thought that you could you can flip more than one coin at a time. It says to but... flip five coins. That's amazing. Wait, is it five or seven? It's five. Why would it be oh, okay. seven? That would be too good. <laughs> I would, oh, five? That's, that's a reasonable number. Seven is too good. Yeah, it's probably true. Sure. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, so um, you said some stuff that you thought was better than you expected coming out of uh, Limited. Maggot. He was pretty good. Yeah. Um, the... I played. I haven't played any green cards yet, but the Curd Chieftain is stupid for yeah. three for four mana. It's just insane. Yeah, he was resolved. He was unbeatable. <laughs> I that that was the that was the only game I lost. I literally only dropped one game uh, for the release event, and yeah, that was he was just too good. I definitely beat that card, but I think I was just way ahead at that point. Yeah, it was at parody when he dropped it, and I think he even put like a hammer hand on it or something stupid, and I was just extremely sad. But whatever. It, it, yeah, the the Courage Chieftain's really good. I would I would first pick that in a second. Um, and Kona Flames, obviously. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that, but it's um, amazing. I I can believe it's five mana. That's just silly. Yeah. Bol- what what was Boulderfall? Boulderfall was like seven. No, it was like. Was it six? No, it was like. Eight mana or something stupid. No, it couldn't have been eight mana, right? No, I think it was seven. Ugh. It was terrible. Oh my god, it was eight. Eight mana. Oh god. Eight wow. mana for both. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why I never saw it played. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Even in decks where I had like no removal, but my red was like amazing. I was just like, I cannot do this. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, you're getting almost the uh, the same thing. I mean, it's not it's not as good, but uh, five minutes. It was, it was fantastic whenever it was played against me. I, I like that one a lot. Um, 
Yeah, Pinnacle of Rage. Pinnacle of Rage is what I was thinking of. Uh, another Theros block burn card that was six mana. S- significantly worse than Cone of Flame. Yeah. Um, and it's just an uncommon. Yeah, that was six mana, deal three damage to two target creatures and or players. Yeah. No, Cone of Flame, great. Um, mm-hmm. Snap, pick that as soon as you see it. Word. But yeah, that's pretty much all I had on M15 Limited thus far uh, in my two tournaments experience. What about Cap Show Kite Fins? I liked him. It was only good in my deck, I think, just because I had so few um, like creatures that could actually get through for damage mm-hmm. uh, late game. Um, but yeah, it's a four blue blue three three flyer, which was pretty good for an evasive creature in my deck. Um, but whenever he enters the battlefield, I didn't realize it was whenever that whenever capsule kite fins or another creature you control enters the battlefield. Um, under your control, you tap target creature and opponent controls. Oh. So I, I didn't know you could follow it up with additional creatures until I played. I had him on the battlefield and then read it and then just dropped a coral barrier and um, tapped to like their only two defenders and just was able to swing with everybody. It was. Uh, I, I wouldn't go out and say it's an amazing card because it does cost six mana and you're getting a a marginal effect since he's probably the last creature you'll play from your hand and you're going to have to like top deck something to actually activate him again. But if you can, he's, he's pretty good. Word. Word. I liked child and night in the, in, in seal this time. I did not. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I mean, like I seem to do pretty good with it. I don't remember how, <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was playing against like decks that were ridiculously slow, and I had one of the decks in particular I played against was very slow. Um, mm. But I was just able to make that card work for me. Um, it, it, I don't know. It seemed okay. I usually, I usually would never play it, but I and I wasn't, you know, happy to put it in my deck. But it wound up doing just fine. See, I'm the opposite. I think I, I, I my default setting is that it's a decent card and oh, that really it'll, it'll usually make the cut and i'm fine or you know i'm not thrilled but i'm happy to have it in my deck i think it's it's a great two drop uh but and so i was going I, so i had child knight in my deck and i i was expecting results and it just i could never get it through for damage I, I didn't have any way to pump its power um i i mean i'm not gonna really bounce something just so i can get in two points of damage so it, it just didn't do anything for me. I mean, there's too many uh, raise the alarms and errant squid tokens running around for, for Child Knight to ever get through in my case. Yeah, in that in that tiny little window before uh, before Ash Zealot showed showed back up in uh, Boss Sly, and uh, when it was replaced by Eidolon of the Great Revel in Red White Burn. I actually considered Child of Night for the sideboard of Mono Black Aggro. Ooh. Well, because Ash Zealot wasn't around for a minute. Like, for a minute, like, people weren't playing Ash Zealot, right? Like, yeah. There was, like, a couple weeks where people weren't playing it because Boss Sly didn't exist, and, and Mono Red took him out for the Eidolon almost universally, and uh, which is the right call for that deck. It's great, you know? So I was like... Child of Night might actually be good because it kind of forces them to like either block or just have to deal with gaining two life a turn, you know, or like, you know, have basically having a spell countered every turn almost for them. Um, but then Ashdellis showed back up and that idea went away very quickly. It was, it was in a pile at one point of, of sideboard cards for black aggro. 
Wow. Uh, <laughs> I whenever I like I, I I'm working on a deck, I'll have like a maybe pile, and it'll almost be as big as the deck itself. Right. Exactly. That's and where it was. I have one for Mono Black Aggro, and <laughs> Child of the Night was not in there. Uh, I had some uh, Gift of Ortovas, but not no Child of the Night. I couldn't. Come, come on, man. You see my logic, though, right? You yeah. see my logic, though, right? I see it. I just don't think it's any good. No, it's not, which is why it didn't even come close to making the deck, but uh, <laughs> or even the sideboard or anything. No, it's good. To, it's good to like consider everything. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. So, speaking of standard, let's get into that. I'm really interested to talk about standard now. Um, so, like we said, I don't know if we actually said it on the podcast. I know I said it in my article for legit MTG, where I was talking about brews for M15. Uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, uh, give it a read over on legitmtg.com. Um, I'm doing the first part of my three-part article series went up last week, and uh, it's the, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 15 decks for M15. So five decks every article. Uh, this week was the good, and it was five decks that I thought could be like competitive um, in 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 standard with m15 like before you know rotation obviously um and uh so but one of the things i said in that article was that like you can't really expect you know even though m15 is a legitimately awesome set it is it's a great set it's really cool lots of cool cards lots of awesome things to consider but the reality is week one you're more likely than not going to see the same old decks right and this SCG Open proved that, you know, uh, it was won by Mono Black Devotion. No surprises there. Uh, Dan, Mono Black Devotion. Yeah, Dan Jessup, uh, pilot in the deck. Uh, only M15 cards in his deck were one Urborg, two Sign and Bloods, and a Liliana Vest in the sideboard. So you know, some some things slotted in, but nothing. Like groundbreaking there, you know? Yeah. I don't know why they brand sign blood. <laughs> why? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm bitter whenever Mono Black gets anything, I think. Oh, it's a great card. <laughs> awesome. It's card. fine. I like it. Yeah. Um, but uh for the most part, there weren't any like new successful archetypes. Oh, kind of ironically, the Naya Aggro was like the newest looking archetype. Although I mean it's it's kind of been around, but this build is different than the ones I've seen or played that made top eight. It got fifth. Um, but, but it literally ran, I think, zero M15 Yeah, cards. I know. I, I looked at that. I was like, that's a neat deck, but it doesn't have anything from M15 in it. What is this? You know, I was it's, like, got the, it's got the new Slaughterhorn tech. I like that. <laughs> I haven't seen that card in a while. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Uh, but, like, yeah, I mean, so uh, just kind of running through some things. I just I, – I, I, the only notes I made for this episode was a list of – what cards are being played from M15 right now? So week one, what cards are being played? So uh, there was a green-white list that was running uh, two copies of Sunblade, uh, Sunblade Elf and uh, two copies of Johnny Steadfast in the sideboard. And did you see uh, – you didn't see the top eight, so you didn't see how that deck was interacting. It was kind of awesome. So um, against Mono Blue Devotion, uh, that deck brought in the Skylashers 
And then mm-hmm. it brought in the Ajani steadfasts. So it would drop a Skylasher and then it would drop an Ajani and give the thing vigilance and lifelink. And so it was like attacking with vigilant Skylashers against Mono Blue. It was pretty brutal. Um, that was one of my favorite things I saw in the brief time I was able to watch coverage last weekend. Um, and then uh, like there was a black white mid range deck that literally just ran caves um nothing nothing else different um mono blue devotion one of the lists was running polymorphous jest in the sideboard huh uh which was cool um now the main uh deck that i want to talk about uh was ninth place mono green devotion so my article before the last article uh was one where i was talking about um ramp decks in um in standard. So, um, you know, talking about, uh, a mono green ramp list and I hadn't, um, uh, I hadn't actually seen the full spoiler at that point when I made that, uh, when I made that article. So I didn't know that there was a Nissa or, uh, some other things like that, you know? Um, but, uh, I'm just looking, I'm trying to compare the lists here to see how close I got to this list. So um, this Mono Green Devotion list ran one Arbor Colossus, four Burning Tree Emissary, four Elvish Mystic, four Genesis Hydra, one Hornet Queen, one Nylea's Disciple, one Reclamation Sage, four Voyaging Seder, four Cursor of Crufix, four Pelucranos, one Nylea, God of the Hunt, um, two Garrett Caller Beasts, two Nissa World Waker, one Darksteel Citadel. Isn't that exciting, Tech? <laughs> for the you, Nissa. For the Nissa, isn't that great? Uh, I love it's it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Nineteen Forests and four Nykthos. three Court of Calling, um, and then sideboard Phyrexian Revoker. The sideboard's neat because it's, you know, well, they've got a couple things you can cord for but not it doesn't go too heavy on cord one phyrexian revoker one soul of new phyrexia one arbor colossus four mist cutter hydra three nylea's disciple one reclamation sage two satessan tactics one time defeat um so i'm just looking trying to compare the two lists here uh between my list and this list um actually huh that's interesting it does not run sylvan caryatid huh i would never think to run a a ramp deck without sylvan caryatid but i guess if you're running mono green maybe it's not 100 percent necessary but i like the o3 body especially in an aggro meta but um eh, whatever does uh, the do the other builds run four voyaging satyrs uh this one this one does this one's four voyaging satyr four burning tree so uh compare that to my list from two weeks ago um where uh, uh, my this was my list from a couple weeks ago was uh, this is before I realized just how good Genesis Hydra was. Um, uh, it's four Elvish Mystic, four Sylvan Caryatid, four Voyaging Seder, four Burning Tree Emissary, four Cursor, four Pelucranos, two Arbor Colossus, one Genesis Hydra, two World Spine Worm, uh, two Court of Calling, three Garrick Caller of Beasts, two Satessan Tactics, one Life's Legacy, four Nykthos, and nineteen Forests. So. Um, you know, one chord short of the deck. Um, you know, let's say we take out one Garrick and one World Spine Worm for the uh, two Nissas. Um, you know, yeah, that, I that, like Garrick. 
I, I like well, it's still running two copies of Garrick. Uh, okay. The Nissa, the Nissa is good. Uh, I like, I like this list. I'm, I'm leaning towards playing um, something very close to the mono green ramp list because I was really excited about the deck to begin with. I mean, you know, that was the deck I was testing uh, mm-hmm. when we all got together and proxy decks up. You know, I was testing mono green, um, and I still want to. I would still like to. Uh, maybe uh, shift it to uh, green black. So uh, my green black list that I came up with from uh, just kind of based on uh, what we were talking about when we were testing was that like probably the most broken thing you can do is Genesis Hydra into a Garrick, the new Garrick, you know? So like being able to Genesis Hydra into Garrick Apex Predator just seems ridiculous. So basically built a deck around the idea of wanting to do that. So uh, the list that I'm looking at to run uh, for for SCG is uh, four Elvish Mystic, four Sylvan Caryatid, four Voyaging Seder, four Cursor, three Boon Seder, um, four Pelucranos, two Nylea, uh, three Genesis Hydra, one Hornet Queen, two Golgari Charm, two Abrupt Decay, two Garrick Apex Predator, one Vraska, uh, 24 lands, including uh, four each of all the green-black lands that aren't <laughs> Guildgates, two mana confluence, four Nykthos, six forests. Um, so you know, that's just an idea. Again, I could, I, I'm probably going to adapt that and kind of cross it somewhere between that deck and the mono-green devotion list here uh, that finished ninth. And this list belongs to uh, Charlie Murdoch, by the way. So props to Charlie Murdoch for uh top 16ing with a min- mono green ramp deck um it's pretty fantastic I- I'm-, I'm pretty excited about it yeah um, i was I-, I was looking at that and wondering if they could just run like black and play golgari charm and the new garrick since they're playing you know hornet queen which also also costs seven but totally uh, the-, the only thing i worry about though is that you don't get to really run nissa and i don't know if that's you know, necessary for the deck or not. Yeah. I don't know. There, there are, that's too much of a cost. There are, I've, I don't know. I I'm still up in the air about it. I'd love to talk to Charlie and ask Charlie what he thinks, you know? Um, because yeah, you definitely don't, you definitely can't run the Nissa, um, unless you really do it as a splash where you're going to run the overgrown tombs. You're going to go heavy on forests um, if you put in the Sylvan Caryatids, uh, maybe. You got the Caryatids, or I, I would have the Caryatids if I went green-black, of course. Um, yeah, pretty pumped about Genesis Hydra like being a thing, because I've, I've been all over that card for the last three weeks. Um, now, uh, there's a there's a 24th place deck by uh, Andrew Tingham, mm-hmm. and that's green-black devotion, basically. Right, I did see that one. Um, and that one... That one I think runs the Garrick in the sideboard. Am I right? No, no Garrick in the no Garrick <laughs> anywhere. That's no nope, in the fine. seventy-five. Yeah, yeah, it's it's for Garrick Collar of Beasts in the main, okay. and the black is for Farika. Yeah, and and two ultimate price. Huh. And then uh, Golgari Charm in the sideboard and Thoughtseize in the sideboard. Yeah, and you can um, you know, if necessary, you can because it's got cord, right? Mm-hmm. So you can cord for the uh, for the Farika, and I've considered the Farika too. Um, so uh, just a couple other little updates here. Uh, there was an Esper list running Liliana Vess. Um, uh, there was a red white 
burn list that was running the Battlefield Forge, obviously, Stoke the Flames. Uh, there were three different red-white lists running one, two, and three copies of Stoke the Flames. Hmm. So, um, so that was cool. Uh, this one list in particular was also running a Hushwing Griff in the sideboard and Pillar of Light in the sideboard, which I thought was really interesting. Toughness four or greater exiled. So uh, that takes care of Cursor which mm -hmm. is, is a pretty big deal for the deck. Um, it takes care of Desecration Demon. It takes care of Thassa. Um, there's a lot of interesting things it can take care of. Uh, so I thought that was a really, uh, a really unique sideboard card that I wasn't expecting to see at all. Um, another, car, another thing I was really excited to see was this... Uh, there was a black aggro list in the top 32. I think we're out of the top 16 at this point. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. But they were running Urborg, obvious. Crippling mm -hmm. Blight, three copies main deck. Not so obvious, but also pretty exciting, right? I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's it's actually a, it's actually a really good card. It's one that I it looked is. at in uh, M15, and uh, if people are remember back when uh, mono black zombies or red black zombies is a thing mm -hmm. there was a brief period of time where they incorporate crippling blight it was basically anti thrag tusk tech mm. um, so crippling so just... blight blights a reprint forgive my uh ignorance but that's a reprint mm -hmm. oh okay. i can't remember from what it was legal with uh, thrag tusk and it so was... it was a way to, it was a way to fight against that oh okay could... okay yeah, so they wouldn't get value from just blocking all your uh, aggro dudes. Right. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and I mean, it seems like a good card. And then also running Ulcerate main deck, um, Sign in Blood uh, main deck, and then Sideboard Stain the Mind, which was a card that we kind of uh, poo-pooed. Uh. But uh, Stain the Mind sideboard. I was like, okay. Like, so it, I think Stain the Mind will eventually get played. I don't know if this is the right deck for it. It was like maybe a one of in the sideboard, but still, like I was like, oh okay. I haven't tested a, a mono black aggro in a while, but I'm a little uh, uh, some of these numbers I'm a little dubious on. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, maybe sign the blood. I don't really know. I, there's got to be better cards than that. I mean, yeah. Well, I uh, like it, I like the fact that it's really like, what's the name of the what's the name of this kind of archetype where you're just damaging yourself, damaging yourself. Oh, suicide black, suicide black. Exactly. Yeah. It's very suicide black with like the ulcerates and the sign and bloods, you know? Um, thought, I thought that was really interesting. I, I uh, do really like the ulcerates and the, the crippling blights though. I mean, that's what the deck wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I, I was really excited to see both of those, um, especially crippling blight because I loved the idea of, you know, minus one, minus one can't block. I mean, because that stops a lot of stuff. I mean, throwing that on a cursor, like when you're trying to race, is like, that's that's serious business right there. I like it. Yeah. You know, it's good stuff. Um, it makes me excited about black aggro. And I'm like, should I play it? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to, I don't, I still can't decide what I'm going to play for SCG. Um, but uh, uh, so then uh, there was a mono black devotion list in the top 32 that had waste not in the sideboard. Can you figure out why? Uh, they have mind rot somewhere in there. Why would someone have that in their sideboard? Where is this? What is, is this in the top? It eight? was in the top 32. Okay. I think that's just, I'll put totally random cards in my sideboard. And I, it, um, you just copy my list, like, you know, card for card. There's just going to be some, <laughs> just complete stinkers in there. Like, you know, when I was running, uh, 
red, white, burn, I had wild ricochet in my sideboard. And that was just... That's not a stinker. That's amazing. <laughs> that is like one of the best like sideboard cards ever. Uh, you'll, I, I think like for your 15th card in the sideboard, sometimes you'll get some, uh, some cards that are uh, more cute than effective. They're too clever by half. And uh, that might be... That might be the case there. I guess maybe if they, uh, no, there's no card, there's no card right or decks right now that focus on discard. Well, maybe they just... were expecting to see some like Hella Necromancer stockpile. Like, <laughs> They're like, I'll show them. Uh, yeah, you get a zombie, I get a zombie. Like, uh, yeah, take that lot with troll. Yeah. So you know that wasn't a thing at all. Um, there was a mono blue list that was running military intelligence in the main deck and a polymorphosists and polymorph polymorphologists jest main deck. So I have um, uh, so Saito. C- if you go on Twitter and yes. for the the hashtag Saito Wayfinder, yes, uh, do yourself a favor. There's a bunch of crazy decks. You know, he does this all the time. I some love of it. them are not that great, but don't care. Um. There's actually a like blue sky deck running. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> running restock. But anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a there's a blue skies deck. Yeah. Uh, and it runs uh, four military intelligence and just all cheap flyers to just keep it going. So it's got four Gill Rider slivers, four fairy imposters, yes. uh, <laughs> four judges familiar, uh, four cloudfin raptor, four illusionary uh, angel. Uh, and then it has, wow. yeah. And then four in Soul Artifact and four Ornithopter, uh, four Springleaf Drum and two, um, what is it, Hall of Champions. And it also has four of the uh, Dark Still Citadels. Um, so it, it it's probably like you know, uh, if Mon- amazing. It sounds really cool because you know you know Fairy Imposter you can play on turn one with an Ornithopter. That's pretty sweet. Um, with uh, uh, Illusory Angel, obviously Ornithopter, awesome, um, and Soul Artifacts. I mean, it, I, I, I see how it works, and I like it. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just terrified of um, the <laughs> what's the best card with Scry in Mono Black Devotion. <laughs> like that, just drown in sorrow. That'll just ruin. Yeah, that's literally what's you're gonna do. You're gonna drown in your own sorrow uh, when that card gets cast but it looks so cool and so much fun um fortunately no one's playing anger the guts right now so uh you, you might be able to get away with something like this but it was just really cool uh that, that's one of actually put together and i just need the military intelligence uh intelligences <laughs> to uh finish out the deck i actually opened two boxes and had one military intelligence did you open a russian box yet yep did you get anything cool in foil? Uh, foil, Russian, Shivan Reef. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, foil. Oh, I set them aside because I'm just going to trade them away because I just I don't care about like I don't know unless I can like foil everything then it's kind of weird to just have the random one of foils. That's cool. That's cool. You can trade them to me. It's cool. Uh, I got a foil Russian. I don't even know what it is the aura that you like that's too expensive. Oh, nice. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called either. Spectral Ward. Spectral Ward, yeah. Nice. It, it looks really cool. I want. 
I want all your Russian foils for real. All right. Forever. Uh, uh, sure. I'll set them aside for you. That's awesome. Uh, but, but yeah, I think military intelligence is actually an uncommon. Yes, it is. Oh, it's and uncommon. It's really good. I opened one <laughs> out of two boxes. Really? How's, how's that possible? I opened two Garricks. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's possible. It's just weird. It's extremely unlikely. It's, like, it's pretty weird. I'm I, 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 I actually tempted to do the math on it. It seems like just a very low possibility event. Yeah, that's, that's very odd. Um, so now uh, the last thing, last thing from, uh, from standard, uh, that I noticed was there was a blue, white, red control list Mm -hmm. that had one copy of Dauntless River Marshal in the sideboard. Huh? I was like, Oh, right. Weird. Didn't really quite get that choice, but, uh, it's, it was there again, maybe 15th card randomness. Um, very odd. Um, but, uh, you know, so, you know, standard got a couple new tools. The, the format isn't changed. Apparently there was a three Oh, uh, sliver deck, um, in the coverage that got demolished by mono blue devotion, but yeah, I saw it on camera. It did not impress. Yeah. Oh, well it's, it's like a slower mono blue devotion, but (laughs) (laughs) the creatures aren't, I don't know. It's just bad. I mean, I hope I hope the format does shift a little in the next couple of weeks. Week one, it's always best to play the the proven winner, which is why you're going to see a ton of mono blue devotion because it's it's consistent. It just does what it does, and it does it really well. You know, mono black devotion, same thing. You know, these two decks are both really good. Um, the world's not going to change thanks to 260 new cards or whatever, you know, like not going to change the world. Um, you know, losing, you know, having the format shrink by 400 net cards or so is going to change things a lot, you know, in the fall. But right now it's, uh, you know, it's going to be the same, but, uh, but, uh, you know, these decks are, you know, even week one, people are adopting some stuff. Yeah. And, it, and it's cool to see. Uh, and I hope we see more of it in the next couple weeks. Um, but uh, but that's, you know, week one, that's the format, man. It's still pretty much the same stuff. You got a couple exciting changes. Uh, I mean, it looks like the black aggro, if, if people latch on to that plan, black aggro got a lot of new tools. And that's uh, cool to see. Um the uh, the mono green devotion deck is to me the most exciting thing maybe ever maybe in the history <laughs> of magic the mono green devotion list top like sixteening might be the most exciting thing I've ever seen and I was in New York for Worlds two thousand seven <laughs> watching live on a screen uh, watching um, you know Patrick Chapin play in the finals but um. Still, this might be the most exciting thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Mono green looks like a blast. I, I watched that on coverage, and that just looks like a blast. Um, man, oh god, I'm so excited about it. Um, it so Genesis Hydra, like, <laughs> like I was saying in my article, that Genesis Hydra gets better every time I read it. And when I was reading it, writing that for the article, I realized that it dodges um, Hushwing Griff. 
got an ETB trigger. It's yeah, it's when you cast. Trigger. Yeah. I was like, God, is it? Can it get any better? It's amazing. Like I can't believe how good it is. Um, it drives me nuts. It's it's just such a good card. Um, so uh, so what do you think? Like in terms of like, let's say uh, let's say you had to play tomorrow in SCG. What would you play? Um, so if I had to, and I had to pick the deck that gave me the best chance of winning, I would, I would hope that mono black, uh, just mono black and Esper just knock out, uh, mono blue. And I think if you tune mono black properly, it, it should be a pretty favorable matchup just cause it's just mono removal against, um, a bunch of well, the problem is that Thassa is something they really can't deal with. Thassa and the the Bident uh, is something that they can't really interact with if they don't uh, Thoughtseize it. So right, I mean, they, they, there is. I don't know if they've really they haven't really adopted the card too heavily. Uh, but Silence the Believers can deal with it. That's true. Um, but they so, haven't really adopted that. I mean, I think it's clear that at least Mono Black Devotion is the best deck currently. Uh, still has. I mean, that's not really much of a change so I, I feel like there's plenty of store not plenty but there's there's strategies that have a favorable matchup versus mono black and i'd probably just go back to uh the old standard i'd, I'd play burn and maybe even adopt some um anger of the gods and the sideboard since that's just really great against um mono blue aggro uh so the problem is is that like any deck i could think of that um hoses mono black is not that great versus mono blue. So burn versus mono blue is not not a good matchup. Um, right, because they've burn, got master. Yeah, they've got master. So tough. Uh, I mean, you can get to the point where, you're, where the game's almost over, but so can they. I mean, they could just they could put they they, they just uh, overwhelm your burn cards because they they eventually drop threats that you have to respond to and waste cards on. And then yeah, master is just uh, just. Yeah, very hard to deal with. You only have four outs basically in your entire deck. Do you? I mean, do you ever? Do, I mean, do you run? How many chain of the rocks do you run and burn right now? I mean, you need to have four within your seventy-five. Do you think sure. that four main is ever going to be correct? I'm just, I'm just wondering. Like a lot. I think most people actually do four main. Really? Or three at least. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I don't. Because I feel like that is like your best bet to be able to win game one versus either of the decks. You know. Because uh, desecration, de- if you stick desecration demon against you, 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 you're not screwed, but it's really hard to recover. And the same thing with like master of waves. You know, it's not you're not dead, but it's hard to recover. So you know, having the chain to the rocks to deal with one is great, but they run they each run four, so they play the second, and you're like, okay, what now? You know, um, um, I, I found mono black to be manageable even if you don't draw your chain, and they draw a demon. Um, sure. You, just, you can just make you know strategic use of your uh, Chandra's Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, like especially people make the mistake all the time of playing it before um, your first uh, like during their first main phase free combat because in the game of combat even though it's something sick you can sack your Phoenix tap it uh, burn them on in step get your Phoenix back um, and then you know untap and cast your Phoenix and swing in again. Yeah. While it's tapped and then they untap beginning of combat you kill your feet you know you sack your feet so you, you know there's some like you, there's there's definitely strategies you, you can, can get employ. into a rhythm with it and yeah just, yeah and, just and then just in, it. and end the game because usually like by the time like by the time you've done that once or twice their, their life total is very very low right right so model black's fine um 
I'm, I'm, the, the, it, you only really miss it in, I would imagine, mono green or green-white decks. And, yeah, obviously, uh, mono blue. Um, I, I just don't like playing four of them just because it's um, – there's there's one plan, and it's a very specific plan for burn. And it's not, uh, you know, stabilize the board and, you know, control their, their creatures or anything like that. It's, uh, you know, convert cards into damage to their face. And Change of the Rocks does not do that, so yeah. I'm loath to fill my deck with cards that – uh, do not win me the game. Damage, right? No, of course, I, I agree with that to an extent. Um, so, would you ever play mono black or mono blue devotion? God no. <laughs> Why? Um, it's just not my stuff. Mono blue devotion, probably not. Uh, mono black. I just like uh, it. Just I guess the personality I have. I like having um a strategy that's not uh, the most played one. So I like to have something that people are, might not be com- entirely prepared for, although at this point you should probably be prepared for burn. But uh, I enjoy burn just a lot more than mo- mono black. Um, but you don't think that or- like mono black or mo- playing mono black or mono blue would give you a better chance to win than playing burn. I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm just, I'm just, you know, trying to figure it out. No, because uh, I don't at this time think I can play mono black better than 90% of mono black players. And that's basically the advantage you're bringing. It's just that you're playing the best deck, but it's probably going to be the most popular one in the room. Right. So it's going to come down to experience with the deck and and how well you can play it. And And you're you're really good with burn. You are. You're great with burn. You mean you made top four states with burn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I've just I've played it a lot. Um, the, my main competitive advantage with burn is that it's a deck and a strategy that most people hate playing. And I just enjoy it just because I like playing uninteractive strategies that, uh, enrage my opponents and, uh, burn, burn can feel pretty, pretty hopeless when they have a good draw, uh, when you're playing against burn and I, I enjoy that. So I just like playing burn in all formats. So I enjoy playing it a lot. And so since I enjoy playing it a lot, I've played it a lot. And since I've played it a lot, I've gotten pretty good at playing it where I feel very competent and know, like, you know, know the different matchups and it just so happens to have a very good matchup against, um, not like unbeatable by any means. I'm talking like 60, 70% in your favor versus mono black. Yeah. Um, and if mono black is going to be the most popular deck and I believe it will be, uh, since it put what three copies, if you want, and if you want to count black, white mid range, that also made it, that's pretty much mono black, just splash, right. Um, blood Baron, uh, it put four copies in the top eight, so it was 50% of the top eight. Um, if you have a deck that's good against that, um, I think that's a pretty reasonable strategy. Yeah. Oh, wow, I just realized Stoke the Flames hits Blood Baron. That's pretty good. Yeah. I've I've tested Stoke the Flames, and it's just been stuck in my hand. But really? I haven't been, I haven't been playing that many, like, uh, young Pyromancers, just because uh, one of the advantages versus Mono Black is you just blank a lot of their removal. And... Um, I'm not liking this plan where you just keep upping their, keep upping your creature count. Yeah. Uh, because it just never feels like there's a great time to to cast it. Um, I mean, you you kind of like idea, the idea, I guess, is you can maybe save it until turn three and then play it and shock. I don't know a, a lifebane zombie or just hit their face mm-hmm. and get an extra one one token, but that's not really setting the world on fire. And an open board, they have. Just there's just no resistance from them, 
it's great. But in that case, your your handful of burn uh, was going to win that game anyway. Right. Do you think that like Young Pyromancer would be a good card for the sideboard of burn? Uh, maybe. I mean, it's a great card versus. Uh, I, I don't see it anywhere, and I don't know why. But uh, oh, actually, I do. I, it's not good against mono blue, but boss, boss, uh, sly aggro. Yeah. Um, it's great against that, uh, just because you're able to use your removal and those one one tokens actually trade with relevant. You know, it's actually you're actually getting a card worth of value versus mm-hmm. that deck because they're playing, you know, Foundry Street Denizens and stuff like that. Right. Where right. your tokens will actually trade with it. Uh, but so far, I have not liked the the young pyromancer plan. Uh, but I haven't I haven't tested a full four and four stoke the flame yet. I wouldn't run four. I don't I like the mo like I said, the most I saw in the top thirty two was three copies, but I think that was a deck that was running Pyromancer. I think it's okay, like the one or two of just without Pyromancer. I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean I think I guess you play it as a hedge because you think you have you have enough slack to allow for it versus mono black. Cause I don't actually think it's all that amazing versus mono black. Um, it, Cause it just turns on their removal. I mean, if you, I mean, the most, the, the most natural time you'd want to play it is turn two. Right. Because on turn three, you're probably going to want to curve out with a Phoenix. Hopefully. Right. Exactly. Um, and you don't even run that many shocks. Um, so I don't, I don't know where there's, there's not really a convenient place to, to drop one and also get value out of it. Um, the, the, I mean the, 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 the advantage of, burn versus mono black it's just that it turns off a significant portion of their deck which is the removal spells right because them trading uh you know a hero's downfall for your phoenix is you know an excellent trade or even uh eidolon of the great revel they have, if they have to use a removal spell on that or god forbid another one of your creatures you know you're getting cards you know or at least three quarters of a card's worth of value out of it by shocking them and you can almost like lock them out of the game when you when you drop an Eidolon, and especially two, because um, you can with an Eidolon, the Great Rebel, you can actually get your value just by casting it. If they when they need to take care of it, you get your value out of it. You get your you know card or half a card or whatever you want to value two damage mm-hmm. um, out of it when they cast a removal spell to deal with it. Whereas Young Pyromancer, if you tap out on turn two for that, uh, then yeah, it turns and on. And they bioblade it, and yeah, and you know. Yeah. And, and the, yeah, they're running Bobble anyway, and they can sweep up all those tokens. Right. Um, I, I haven't been impressed with it. I, I assume it's 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 really good. Uh, a young Pyromancer is against other aggro decks. So like if that mono black aggro deck became popular, um, it could trade with you know you know tormented hero or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it and I don't even find it that relevant versus like green decks. Um, that's a, that's the other problem with Burn right now is. Even though Mono Green didn't top eight, it looked it, it definitely looked competitive. Mm-hmm. It did some incredibly powerful things. Also looked really fun and it's new. And I think people are kind of tired of the same old decks in this format. So if there's something new, <laughs> they're gonna want to play it. And yeah. it and Mono and uh, Mono Green's a pretty rough matchup for Burn. I don't, I don't know how you go about beating that because Pelucranos, like basically Burn, Burn uh, its success is built on. Everyone just pretending Pelucranos is not a card right now. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm, I, I looked at that. I, I could not believe because it was one of those things where when I wrote that article, I wanted Mono Green to be a thing, and I saw the potential for it. But then, like seeing it in ninth place, just, uh, just you know, made my heart skip a beat. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, <laughs> oh man, it's actually competitive. 
not only can I just dream about it, I can play it at the open it's the and real feel deal. smart. I can play <laughs> it at the open and feel good about it and not be like an idiot, you know, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, like I'm like, I could actually do this. Like I have not, I did not waste my time when we were play testing. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, I don't know. And I'm still going to work on it, like tweak it the next couple of weeks, but uh, I'm almost certain I, I cannot. <sighs> There's a mono green ramp deck that's viable. I can't not play it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, there's no way that I can not play that deck. I must play mono green devotion at the open. It's, it is destined. It must happen. Yeah. Um, there's you know. a, the other, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's fine. Um, it, it could have just been variants that those decks didn't actually top eight. I mean, they all were in the running and they looked, they looked perfectly competitive and they were doing extremely powerful things. Yeah. And Esper is on the wane right now. That's the only, that's the only deck that can really punish you unless mono black just is able to draw infinite removal. And if you ever land a Garrick, then it's just all over because you'll just recap so much card advantage that there's just nothing they can really do to catch back up. But uh, Esper is the only deck that can really punish Mono Green right now with Supreme Verdict. Right. What do you think about the um, about the new Garrick versus the old Garrick? Like in terms of like a deck that looks like this. Like like let's say that that Mono Green list could run had the splash. Do you think it should be running? the new Garrick over the old Garrick or in addition to the old Garrick or what do you think there? So, yeah, I was thinking about that today actually, because the the new Garrick, the old Garrick is so good in terms of like, yeah, the draw five, you know, it's just like so good for that. But then like the new Garrick is just a, a, it's, it's just a win condition, you know, and it's a win condition that's not easily dealt with. Um, you know, you can just drop it and blow up an Elspeth. Or you can drop it and make a 3-3 Death Touch creature. Uh, there's just so many things you can do with it. Or destroy a creature and gain life equal to, what, its power or something? Like uh, I think it's toughness. I don't oh, know. it's so good. Like, being able to go, I'm going to blow up your your cursor, gain four life. Like, ugh, it's amazing. I really like the card. So, Yeah, I was thinking about the, the, the 7-drop Garrick in play. And... Like, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, the best way to figure out if it's any good without actually playing it is just, you know, imagine <laughs> what, what, what I'm, you have in play and what's the most likely scenario. Um, it's Maybe it's not under threat, so you plus it and you make a 3-3 beast token with death touch. And they're like, okay, fine, in step, uh, hero's downfall. And that's pretty backbreaking that you invest seven man to something where that just happens. I think that's why you're seeing, um, because at first I was kind of encouraged by these mono green decks. I'm like, Oh, Hornet Queen's the seven drop, but, uh, Hornet Queen, I think it comes with three or four, uh, death touch tokens. Four. 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 Okay. Flying (laughs) green creatures. With death touch. Each one of them can trade for, for a desecration demon. Each one of them can trade for anything. Um, and it's all in the air. And, and, there's not one card out of uh, mono black devotion that can really deal with it short uh, of Dragon Sorrow mm-hmm. to get rid of all those tokens. So I was just thinking about that. And, and um, yeah, mono black devotion has ways to, to deal with a Garrick. You're not, you didn't really get ahead or create any kind of insurmountable advantage when you cast a Garrick. You might with a, a Hornet Queen and 
most of the time you actually will with Garrett Collar of Beast, which only costs six. So you, you cast a Garrett Collar of Beast plus that, and if you draw three or four creatures, um, and then they use one of their remaining removal spells on the Garrick, I mean, there's just no way for them to catch back up after that. Yeah, true. Because you're just going to you know redeploy and keep going. Right. I don't know. I, I feel like I at least want to run one of them. <laughs> Um, the allure of the new card is, is strong, though. <laughs> I really yeah. want to play with uh, it. Uh, you're coming tomorrow night, right? Uh, for testing? Yeah. Yep, I've, I've, I've got my deck almost built. I just got to find my uh, hollowed fountains, and I'm um, good to go. Uh, bring those Garricks. I either would like to trade for them or borrow them at least. Sure. Uh, that would be fantastic. We bring Honestly, like bring all your stuff. Because I want to look at your M15. I have like no M15. I really need to get some M15 stuff going on. Um, we haven't traded in a really long time, anyway. So yeah, yeah, it would be cool um, to trade. I think I'm actually going to bring my updated um, Esper Humans. Okay. Yeah. Talk about think... talk about that for a minute. We're going to wrap up here in a minute, but go ahead and talk about that real quick. And we'll. I know yeah, you sure. Naya tokens. You've been playing a little bit, and you like it, right? Yeah, I think Naya Tokens is fantastic. Uh, Brad Nelson wrote an article about it, and um, I think I tweeted, although it might have been an at at someone that asked about it from a few episodes back, but I'll, I'll tweet it out, um, and we can include it in the show notes. Um, there's, All right. There's, there's, a, there's a Naya Tokens deck that I have been playing online and did, did really well with it. Um, I think at one point it was like 11-1 and one, um, in like standard dailies with it. Um, so very good. And it had a, an incredible matchup against mono black and it felt 50, 50, but I think on paper it's a lot worse versus mono blue, but the sideboard was basically entirely designed to beat mono blue. Uh, there's like three or four miscutter hydras, uh, four anger of the gods and three archangel of thunes, which are all just, you know, backbreakers versus, uh, mono blue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the matchup there is definitely winnable. So it's, it's great against mono black and it's pretty good against mono blue, uh, great against control. And, uh, it's just extremely flexible. And if I'm too worried about, uh, mono blue devotion still being a thing, I might audible to that unless, uh, the deck I'm currently testing or going to test tomorrow, uh, proves to be viable. So there was a, a deck that was around, I think it came around, it was being played just after, I want to say Born of the Gods. It might have been just before that. I cannot recall. Um, and it was popular at one Japanese GP. Um, I'm sounding like a real hipster right now, but uh, it was Esper Humans and it was everywhere online for like two weeks and then it has not been heard from again. Uh, so I just wanted to try that again it's uh and y'all I'll, I'll, I'll briefly run through the deck list since people probably don't know what i'm talking about right now um <laughs> it's it's mostly just aggro human so you get uh four soldier of the pantheon four precinct captain um a couple of uh daring skyjacks and a couple of imposing sovereigns for your two drops um and then the main uh attraction is for Zathrid Necromancer, the, you know, whenever a human dies, you get a 2-2 black zombie creature. Um, So you get four of those, uh, four Lee of Sky Knight, the flying 3-1 that when it enters the battlefield, you detain non-land permanent uh, and opponent controls. Uh, Two Whip of Erebos. Um, Three Obsidat Ghost Council. Obsidat Ghost Council. So you have the, the combo there with the Whip, which is just awesome. 
Um, a few removal spells. Uh, you can do whatever blend you want. Heroes Downfall, Ultimate Price. Um, and it used to run for Detention Sphere, although I would cut back on that just because there's enchantment removal that's <laughs> being played like main deck right now. And even a couple of uh, Supreme Verdicts, since you can make the effects of the Supreme Verdict like asymmetric. Uh, so let's say you had like a Xanthrid, uh, Zathrid Necromancer out, you know, Supreme Verdict, wipe the board, but you know, you get a bunch of uh, two twos. Um, and if, e even if you don't have that out, you can uh, whip it back, um, whip whatever creature you had back into, uh, into play next turn. So you're saying that you can whip it, whip it real hard? Real good. Real good. Um, and then uh, I want to try it with a couple of uh, Spirit Bonds, the new M15 card, just because I imagine that to be really good with Obsidat, because it's whenever a non-creature, uh, non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, Ooh. you can pay a white. So yeah, so once you get the Obsidat going, you can just you know, pay a white a turn and make a 1-1. One, one, and uh, you're draining for two, and then you're adding incremental board advantage. That's pretty good. Yeah, and then the other half of Spirit Bonds, which I forgot, <laughs> forgot was on the card, is one in a white and sack a spirit and target non-spirit creature gains indestructible. So uh, once you just do that once, your Obsidat's just like unbeatable <laughs> um, because you can uh, uh, instantly make it indestructible. Uh, it's just another way to uh, get value off Supreme Verdict if you have just a ton of mana. Um, so I feel like, you know, Spirit Bonds is really good against Mono Black. Um the Necromancers are great against Mono Black because they don't trade one for one. Um, D Sphere is great against Mono Black because it's an answer to Pack Rat. And uh, versus any non control deck, they tend to go all in on Pack Rats once they get that going. Uh, and even Supreme Verdict is, is great against uh, Mono Black. And Supreme Verdict and Detention Sphere are also amazing versus uh, Mono Blue. So uh, it seems like it has reasonable matchups versus the field. And it's, uh, you can fill the sideboard with whatever crazy cards you want, like um, uh, Blood Baron or Fiend Slayer Paladin, or there's a bunch of great uh, humans, uh, Sin Collector. Mm. Um, <laughs> I have a Lavinia of the 10th in there just because I want to run that in any deck I can. What about Obelisk of Erd? <laughs> For the humans? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I just, I, I don't, I honestly don't know. You know, I mean, you could always, I mean, you can always use the spirit bond tokens to convoke it and then name humans, or you can name spirits. But I mean, like, I don't know. Mm. Nah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. That's too slow. <laughs> I like the card. Uh, Afara, I want, I won't run that in the side. I, you could, I, I want. You could play the card on turn four, really. I mean, you have to tap out all your creatures, and then they play Supreme Verdict. But anyway. Yeah, then you get a bunch of zombies that don't get a boost, and you feel like. You name zombies, then go. All right, <laughs> blow me up. <laughs> just just next level them and go all right i'm gonna convoke out this name zombie go <laughs> be like you either deal with these or you deal with a bunch of four four zombies come on <laughs> that's actually kind of a cool idea it's pretty funny be like, it's you want, funny more you want to do it you want to do it you want to blow them up you want to blow them up Try let's, <laughs> let's go for it <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like it. I like it. I mean, because they would never expect it. You'd be like, I'm going to convoke out this obelisk of Erd. Does it resolve? They're like, <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm guessing your name humans. Nope, zombie, go. Oh, God. They'd be like, um, I'm going to not Supreme Verdict. Now I'm going to Detention Sphere your uh, Necromancer. And they go, and you go, of course you are. That's right. So and then they then they verdict. So 
Anyway, cool. So, yeah. uh, but uh, you're gonna are you, so, but you're gonna probably play burn for the open unless something uh, crazy happens. Uh, no, I'd still say it's like fifty fifty. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, burns at fifty percent. The fields at fifty percent. So could could be uh one of these stupid three color decks, or it could just be burn. Cool. Neat. Sounds good. Well, yeah, to, you know. Tomorrow, bring bring the crazy, I think. You know, like, th- this week is the week to test the crazy to figure out, like, to rule it out, you know, yeah. so that next week you can do real testing and then... Yeah, uh, do the actual testing and get the number of uh, Stoke the Flames right in that burn deck. Since right. Since no one seems to be able to agree on it. <laughs> right. You know, unfortunately, we've got another weekend of SCG Open in Kansas City uh, to check some results out of. Um, also... Uh, you know, just a little heads up. Yeah, the MTGO client changed. Get over it. Uh, get over it. It's fine. It's it great. <laughs> I've been playing on it for months. It's just fine. Anyway. Um, I need to get used to it. That's all it is. That's what I'm saying. We fear change. I just, I just, as soon as like they did the wide beta, I was like, cool. Just switching to it. Just done. Oh, so you've just been playing that the whole time. The whole time. And I'm like totally cool with it. Like I'm just so fine with it now. Um, because it was like, I got to get used to this for good. And I can either be like everyone else who's going, I'm going to change. I don't want to change. Who wants to buy my collection? Me. Anyone's trying to sell their magic online collections. Cause they don't like the new client. Let's go sell them over here. Um, no. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, and it's okay. It's just fine. Another thing that's really cool is that they gave everyone who, um, who logged in in like the last like eight years or something, um, 35 phantom points and a pre-release emblem. So, and then there's going to be events. There's going to be pre-release events that, uh, accept 35 phantom points as the payment. And you actually play in a real pre-release and you get to keep the cards. So it's basically a free pre-release, um, that they basically gave everybody on, on, uh, MTGO. So uh, that, that's a little spoonful of sugar to help the, uh, the V4 medicine go down. Yeah, man. I think it's cool. Um, and so I, I, I just remembered that, actually. So I was curious. And uh, pre-releases are this weekend or starting on the 25th through the 28th Ooh. for M15 um, uh, on, on MTGO. So uh, get on there. Get used to the new client. It's just fine. Get over it. Oh, um, so it's this weekend that, that comes out online? Yeah. Oh, nice. So, there's, so we'll actually have like a week before... Yeah. Right, like a week and a half before Dallas with it being yeah. legal online. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll be able to cool. test then. Yeah, totally. It's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, good stuff. And um, I think that's about all we got. You got anything else? Um, I'm just going to implore all the uh, uh, people participating in the Pro Tour to, uh, you know, put on their thinking caps and uh, figure out a way to crush Mono Black. Yes. Don't just all play mono black, please. That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is the, you know, um, Pro Tour is, is you know, if we if, if the innovations don't come sooner, they come there. So, uh, or maybe we see no change. But we'll, there's there's only one way to find out. That's to get to it. Um, and I guess our next episode will be post Pro Tour, post SCG Open, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a cool episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a stacked episode. We should try to get a we should get a cool guest on too. 
and uh, just have them join us and talk. Joe, about make a call right now. Uh, mono black or the field wins the pro tour. What do you say? Is mono black going to win the pro tour or is something else? Yep. Something else. Something else. I'll take the, uh, the other side. All right, cool. I like it. I like it. All right, cool. So we'll see. We'll see who was right in two weeks. And uh, until next time, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Please, for the love of God, thank Please. you. Please. <laughs> Never encounter fights with self-defense, leg swipes, alcohol, toss, molotovs, throwing down the mic. Now they get caught up in a hype for being so tight. Sag with your jeans was LME mug, right? Strike, Android, they can't combine. Leroy Jenkins outlined the highest price. Hip-hop, you rep vaguely. I'm consistent, fresh, daily. I maintained a quiet life during open mics. Expectations is too high. Dreams holding it. I've lost friends and loved ones. Couldn't cope with it. Pursue music with a strength. Yo MTG Taps is available every other Thursday on LegitMTG.com, IWantMyMTG.com, MTGCast.com, and iTunes. Email us, YoMTGTaps at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr, YoMTGTaps.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at YoMTGTaps. Follow me on Twitter, at OMGWTFBHJFTW. Follow Steven on Twitter, at M00NPI. Follow Joey on Twitter, at AffinityForBlue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at MagneticMoments.BandCamp.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>